Switched On on F104 and I'm joined by author and founder of Human Library Organization, Ronnie Abigail. Hi, I'm doing really well, thank you. So this organization is all about real people with real stories who are essentially on loan. So tell me about this concept. Well, I mean, we all know the saying, you're like an open book, aren't you? And in, in this concept of human library, some people volunteer to be an open book for you. And you can ask them any question you want about their lived experience. So you could meet someone who is transgender, someone who is a police officer, someone who is a refugee, an immigrant, an autistic person, a, a person with bipolar, a person who uh, is disabled or has a different religion or different ethnic background, different orientation, even social status, you know, someone unhoused or unemployed, or someone who has been working in the sex industry who is a sex worker, somebody who triggers our unconscious bias, somebody that we we think we know about, but we don't really because we never talk to anyone about it. Mm -hmm. And so this is your chance to borrow them for half an hour, ask them any question about being schizophrenic, or, you know, living with ADHD or OCD or being the child of a bipolar parent, we have more than 250 different, let's say, uh, titles, books, literature that we put on loan at our human library bookshelf where you become a reader and you have 30 minutes. And, and the rules are really simple, Louise. Bring the book back on time. Bring it back in the same condition. <laughs> don't take it home and don't tear out pages. So basically treat it the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And this person will try open and honestly to answer any question that can help you better understand the group in the community that they represent. It's such a gorgeous idea because it really gives you the opportunity to do that and have honest conversations with someone who's willing to talk to you very openly. Where did this idea stem from? Well, it started, it was an idea I had about 23 years ago here in Copenhagen, Denmark, where we, you know, initiated the human library movement many years ago, we were invited to go to this festival and they gave us a budget and said, can you come up with an idea that will challenge the visitors to this music festival? So we were competing with Bob Dylan and the Beastie Boys. <laughs> and I thought we're going to have to put something really interesting on or nobody will come and join our activity. They'd rather go for the Beastie Boys. And basically I ended up with the concept of bringing unpopular stereotypes to the bookshelf and seeing if people would have the courage to engage in courageous conversations about the fact that we all judge. So, you know, we also know the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, but it's something we cannot avoid. It's part of our survival instinct. It's part of our navigating diversity, human diversity. We do that by printing little quick labels, making assumptions and, and sort of drawing conclusions I mean, basically for our own safety and security to be sure that we get home safe at night. So if you see somebody who is very much different from you and you're a little bit insecure, or maybe you heard something about this group, then better be safe than sorry, isn't it? So we are sort of an opportunity to revisit judgments that most of us already passed, whether we like it or not. We are, we like to say we're an opportunity to unjudge someone. I love that. But also, it sounds like you've always had an interest in people and how people interact with each other. Well, I'm, I'm a bit different from the regular Danish person myself. See, my father was born in Africa and my mother is Danish. So I'm a bit of a mix here. And people were looking at me like, 
wait a minute, you're not really like one of us, are you? <laughs> and I would get that sort of in-between feeling from many people. And their first question would always be, where are you from? And then I would mention the neighborhood where I was born just to pull their leg because I didn't want to tell them, hey, I'm half from Africa. Mm. Uh, I didn't think that was true. I'm born here. I'm raised here. I'm fluent in Danish. I'm as, as you know, as eloquent in Danish as anybody else around it, around these parts. And so I felt their judgments because I have a little bit darker hair. I have these dark, bushy eyebrows, which don't tell on the radio, fortunately. And so a lot of people would sort of put me in a box. And my last name is not Hansen or Jensen, which is very common in this in this country. I always have to spell my last name, Abrigel. That's not really Danish, is it? So they can sort of tell that I'm not a Dane following the recipe that they consider. But I am, truly. And so I figured, what if we had a space where we could try and really explain who we are? And, and then people who are interested could potentially better understand. We could also talk about things we believe in, our lifestyle, our convictions, um, and, and maybe just agree to disagree even, you know, just respecting each other's right mm -hmm. to be different. I learned something important in my life early on. I learned that there'll be people that are very much different from me, but I always have something very strong in common with them. Mm -hmm. So that's our shared humanity. So it doesn't really matter if you're from Ethiopia, Bangladesh or, or or Dublin, you will have something you can mirror in that person and you can find common ground or at least respectfully agree to disagree on certain things and then leave each other be, you know, I have the right to be who I am and you have the right to be who you are and we can both live in peace. Oh, I love that. And I wish more people would take that on board because it is really that simple. You know, if there's something about somebody you don't like, you don't have to interact with, you don't have to deal with it. Just leave them alone. <laughs> Yes, and, and I mean, who, in their sane mind, who would not want to live feeling safe, yeah. even from the people around you that are not like you, because you understand them. Yeah. You may not be like them, and you may not want to be like them, but you understand why they are the way they are, and so you're not bothered, you're not concerned, and you're not afraid. And I truly think our, our everyone's quality of life could be improved by us opening our hearts and minds to try and better understand those who are different, give them an opportunity to show us who they are before we judge them too harshly. So literally, unjudge the ones you already put in boxes and, and your life quality will improve and their life quality will improve. What's not to enjoy about that? We all benefit, we can all gain, the community gains, you as a reader gain, and the book, by being better understood by the surroundings, will will gain. So. I'm I'm all about living in peace with each other and mm -hmm. sort of respecting each other's right to be different because that's what I would want for myself and that's what I would want for anybody around me too. Um, and so let's not, life is too short. Let's not waste time hating each other or being angry about each other. Let's just decide if we don't have chemistry to be friends or great neighbors. All right, so we won't be bothered with each other. But life is really too short to live in the polarization that we're experiencing now. And I don't think it's to the benefit of anyone no. uh, on neither side. So literally, we are a neutral space. And if you look around, what is more neutral than a library? Because who mm -hmm. is welcome at a library? Everyone. Everybody. There's no paywall there. There's no preferential seating or somebody has preference over others. Everybody has the same rights. It's truly an equalitarian institution. And in this way, we're very proud to be associated with libraries they have a 6,000 year tradition within our culture. 
And so obviously they've evolved and changed, but the public library today is a place for everybody. And when you walk in there, Louise, nobody will tell you what to do. Nobody will tell you what information you can seek out. Nobody will tell you what to think. There is so much freedom in there and so much equality. It's really, you know, it's it's probably one of the safest places that we have left in our culture and not enough people go there. So we love to partner with public libraries, with festivals, with community centers, with institutions that, you know, provide education because we feel it's a place where you can then explore the knowledge of your fellow man, borrow this person, talk to them for up to half an hour and then decide, you know, make up your mind. Has there been any area that tends to be of interest to people? I mean, for every country, it's different. Mm. We're in more than 80 countries now. So we've published people in Japan, in Bangladesh. A few weeks ago, we were at the university in Mogadishu in Somalia. Uh, And I believe this weekend we're in we're in the UK. We're in uh, we're in the US. We're having events. If you follow our social media, you can see that we have events spread out all across the world. And if you come to Copenhagen, we operate what's something we call the Human Library Reading Garden, another free learning opportunity where you can drop in every Sunday from April 23rd to mid-October and borrow books completely for free. So you can choose from the list of books available, talk to the librarian, and then sit in our garden and borrow this person who will answer your questions. It just, you need the courage to ask the questions mm-hmm. because there is no script here. There is no presentation waiting. It's it's your questions that will guide the conversation. And for each country, I think there are different topics that are, I don't like to call them bestsellers, but in mm-hmm. a way to stay in the, in, in the world of literature, you know, there are topics that are hot topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are global bestsellers where mental health especially yeah. is something that across countries, across boundaries, across borders, um, many people are afraid or apprehensive of our, you know, neurodiversity, of our, our mental health situation. And very often, um, we it's the lack of knowledge that makes us apprehensive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's because we don't know better. We think people are dangerous or we think it's contagious, or we just we just think it's you know it's crazy and that we can't deal with it. And I think it's it's help not helping the people who really have challenges they're facing that we become part of the stigmatization against them. So if we would just take time to sit down, listen and get to learn and ask questions, maybe we'd actually realize that there's so much more we could benefit from. I myself will be the first to admit I cut myself off. I was afraid of people of different orientations. Like I thought gay men wanted to, you know, engage with me in ways that I didn't, wasn't interested in. I had this fear. I thought that some people of certain religions were intolerant of people like me who doesn't have that religion that they have. I've been, I cut myself off in my early life from a lot of people bypassing these quick judgments. And I never had the opportunity to revisit until this library was created. And so today I feel incredibly rich. Because there's in so much we can learn. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And there really is. And it's going to be constant. It's almost like a technology. It's a constant learning um, skill that we can continue to do. And this just gives people the opportunity to go one-on-one with it and really ask the questions you want to know. You are also in Ireland in, in different areas as well, aren't you? Yes, I don't have a complete list, but I know that we partner with Gal- with with local publishing partners in Galway mm-hmm. and other places in Ireland. So we are beginning to pick up on public events there. 
which is really great because I do think readers there, just like any other place, deserve an opportunity to come down. And you can do it with your friend. You can bring your partner. You can bring your, your brother, your sister. We even have Human Library for Children events. So you can bring six to 12-year-olds down yeah. and they can ask questions. And then it's a bit shorter. And some of our books have been trained to literally answer questions from children, yeah? yeah. So they also have an opportunity to to speak freely. And, and in India, you will... One event in Delhi, we had so many readers show up for a public event. Police had to shut down the session wow. because we were blocking traffic. So more than a thousand young people came out and were standing out in the street to get into the human library. Mm-hmm. And we simply had to cancel the event because we couldn't handle the load. And in a, in, a, in May, in London, we're hosting something called the Human Library Book Cafe. Last time we did it at the Society of Authors, there was a long line down the street. And I know, surely, it's a free service, but it's also a rare opportunity to connect, to challenge yourself, to become wiser on other people and yourself, because it's not a one-way process here. It's the only project I've seen that creates so many winners. How can people find out more information? Well, they can always visit us at humanlibrary.org. They can also reach out on social media. We are almost on all platforms. We're not yet on TikTok. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure it out. But any other platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, they can connect and they can follow events. We publish very regularly. Where are the learning opportunities? And if they're really keen to try this, then we also host online sessions. And every other Sunday, it's free. So our readers around the world, all they have to do is sign up to get a seat. And then every other Sunday, there is a public online session where they can borrow books. It's English is our working language. Mm-hmm. And typically people will come from up to 20, 25 countries to borrow books. So you'll meet people from all over the world. Excellent. And I got a beautiful little love story I wanted to share. So one book from, I believe it's France. Uh, sorry, one reader from France and one reader from Argentina meet up at a human library online and share a couple of books in a couple of hours, and they connect. Wow. And today, one year later, they're still a couple. Oh, yeah? isn't that lovely? Isn't that beautiful? Ronnie, thank you so much for chatting to us. My pleasure, Louise. Thank you.